be seated. So is there anything that you're apprehensive about? Maybe it's a health issue, maybe it's a relationship issue, uh, maybe there's a conversation that uh, you're going to be involved in and you feel a little bit apprehensive about that. The longer that you're apprehensive about something, the, the closer you get to whatever it is you're apprehensive about, it seems like the apprehension goes up. But let me ask you this question. What if you knew the outcome? What if you knew that the outcome was going to be positive? That there wasn't nearly as much to this as you were giving credit for? I've had to have a lot of difficult conversations over the years, and what I've discovered is that it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. In fact, it's usually a lot better than you think it's going to be. Now, there have been a couple of exceptions to that, but, but generally speaking, it's, it's not what you think it could be. So, uh, we talked about Moses for several weeks. You all remember that Moses sent the 12 spies into the what would be the promised land. And they came back with a report that influenced a decision. And Moses could have really said, you know, I'm not asking for a decision. God didn't, God didn't say, I want you to decide whether you're going to go in or not. He sent the spies in to find out what they would face, not to decide whether they would face it or not. But they came back with a negative report and... Of course, the people were afraid, and as a result of that, the consequences of that, for 40 years they wandered around the wilderness. Now it's 40 years later. Joshua, who was kind of Moses' right-hand man, uh, is now the leader, and he's going to send some spies in, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But the odds of of what they faced were overwhelming. That's why they didn't go in 40 years previously. There were fortified cities, there were giants, there were numbers of people that they would have to come against. So the, the odds against what they were facing could make them very apprehensive. In fact, apparently J Joshua was a little apprehensive about it, but we know that by what God says to him. So follow along the, on the screen, Joshua 1, beginning in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land. I am about to give them, notice those words, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. I underline those for a reason. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So when we're facing challenges, Think about something you're facing right now, and there's just a little bit of dread about that. What if you knew that you were going to succeed, 
there was going to be a positive outcome. What if you knew that God is standing with you? What if you knew that you've been given written guidelines that would help you along the way? And what if you knew that someone is going to be sent or has been sent to you to give you information, important information to help you succeed? And the truth of the matter is we do have those four things. So on your outline, fill in the blank. First of all, God's promise. Whatever he asks of you, he will never, or excuse me, he will give you the power to do. So some of you have heard me say before that for the first 25, 26 years of my life, my life was dominated by fear. I was fearful of everything. And it was a small world to live in when you're afraid to move forward in any area of your life. I had flunked out of school, so I, I, out of college, so I just thought, well, I would never be able to go to college and succeed, and I really believed that. But a friend of mine, his name was C.F. Quinn, he's gone to be with the Lord now, he was in a, in a car wreck a few years ago. He went to Central Oregon College. I knew that he had been, the first time I went to school, which was about six years before this, I, he was my roommate. We'd both left school. But now he went back to college and he was doing very, very well. And so I thought to myself, well, if he can do it, I can do it. So I bought a Volkswagen intentionally, Volkswagen Bug, because I knew I was going to have to drive 40 miles each way to and from school. And I had a professor named Dr. White. He was a psychology professor. And he called me the A student, quiet, shy A student that sat in the back of the room. And the last time I saw him, he said to me, I'll see you in Hawaii. He was going to go to Hawaii and work at the University of Hawaii. He said, I'll see you in Hawaii when you get your doctorate. And I kind of, kind of went like that. And I thought, oh my. But it instilled confidence in me that he really believed in me. He believed that I could do it. God gave Joshua several pep talks about the fact that he was going to succeed. He said to him three times, be strong and courageous. Second time he said it, didn't I tell you? Be strong and courageous. He said, have I, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Three times. So for whatever you're apprehensive about in your life, hear these words. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Those words are as true for you as they were for Joshua. So first of all, God's promise. Secondly, God's presence. Wherever I am, He is. Listen to these words from Joshua chapter 1. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I with, was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
So Joshua, from that point forward, could live in the reality that God was with him, that God had promised him a favorable outcome before he started. That makes a difference. If you know that that conversation is going to turn out in a positive way, it really helps your attitude, it helps your emotions, the way you think going into that conversation. If you're going into a surgery or facing a crisis in your life, a relational crisis in your life, and you know the outcome, it gives you peace. It makes a difference. I was at Faith Chapel for 40 years, and it's still a little humorous to me. Sometimes I'll see somebody and they'll meet me and they'll say, Stan Simmons, are you Stan Simmons at Faith Chapel? I said, yeah. And, and I have a good reputation because of that. But what they don't know is all the crap that I had to deal with for almost 40 years. An athlete said, you know the glory, but you don't know the story. Uh, the outcome was good. You know, people see that building and they say, wow, that's a pretty big church and all that. But there were challenges along the way that you face that you have to have a positive faith-filled attitude about or it could overcome you so in all those challenges he was there I I may have mentioned to you when I had a crash in the early 2000s and I was about ready to go to a counseling center I went out in the mailbox and there wasn't any mail there but there was a letter there that one of our council members had left his name's Steve Rafato. He's an attorney. And I went in the house, and I was really depressed. I was, I was out of it. And I opened up this letter and read it. I, I, it's still, I have a treasure box in my closet. That letter's still in the treasure box because of the encouraging words that he wrote about things that had happened, things that we'd faced together, things that the Lord had overcome in our lives. So what are you facing? What are you apprehensive about? Some may be facing an addiction and you're trying to beat that, that addiction. Some of you may be facing a divorce or a relational challenge or a child that seems like a renegade and it could never turn around. You need to understand, wherever I am, he is. Say that with me. Wherever I am, he is. There's a blank to fill in on the outline there. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes night around me, even that in the darkness will not be dark to you. Your darkest hour is not dark to the Lord. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Most of you have heard me say a million times, when you got up this morning, God was watching. When you go to bed tonight, God will be watching. When you came in this room, he saw you. When you leave today, 
He'll see you. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows what you're going to say before you say it. He's with you. Wherever I am, he is. I made reference to a, an old hymn, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, called He Lives. I wrote the words down this time because I can't say the words without singing them. So you don't, you don't want to go there, trust me. The words say, He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. I love that old hymn. Number three, God's precepts. We are people of the book. The Jewish faith and the Christian faith are very unique in that we are people of the book. We have a book to guide us along the way. It addresses topics such as marriage, money, morality, you can always ask, what is the wise thing to do? And you can find that in God's Word. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We've done this several times. Probably nobody remembers it, right? Anybody remember it? Read, study, memorize, meditate. I missed one. Read, study, memorize, meditate. Oh gosh, I've done this a thousand times. Apply is this one. I missed one up here. Read, study, memorize, meditate. No, wasn't pray. Duck. <laughs> yeah, duck. That was it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. The point being, how much time do you spend reading the Bible? You ever read it? I would suggest you get up every day and sometime during the day. Just read a chapter or so of the Bible. Start in the Gospel of John because it addresses who Jesus is. And I, I am so privilege to have spent my lifetime studying the Bible. I always say I hold in my hand God's words that he's given to us. Therefore, if, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, this is Jesus talking, and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. That's a promise from Jesus that if you build your life on the foundation of his word, that your life will stand, that withstand the storms of life. It doesn't say you won't have storms, that you'll withstand those storms. How blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor sit in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields his fruit in season and in whatever he does he prospers. Do not be overcome by evil. Defense. 
but overcome evil with good, offense. Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. Those words, just from those passages, have changed my life. And a lot of other passages be, besides that. So whenever you're asking a question in life, what, what do I do in this situation? How do I handle my finances? How do I make decisions? How, how do I build my marriage? How do I raise kids? The answers to life's questions are in God's Word. They're in the book. So always ask, what does God's Word say about this? Another thing, there's a paradigm for life right now, especially in the midst of all the conflict and the anger. Again, I, I just wish Christians would spend as much time praying as they do about complaining about the government. Uh, the filter for our life, even in the midst of these times, I mean, I'll just be honest with you, I think about people like Schumer. I, I j there's just something about that guy that rises up in me. I don't like the guy. Nancy Pelosi. I mean, I just... But the guiding principle of our life, some of you feel that way about Trump. Most of us don't like him, even though we agree with his, what he's doing. We might not like his temperament and all that he does. But the guiding principle of our life in times like this is, what I've told you before, you just put on your love glasses. Left lens is love God all the time. Good times, bad times, whatever's going on in my life, I love God. Right lens, I love people. I heard somebody talking about a prize fighter the other day, and they said when, whenever this prize fighter was around someone, everyone he was with knew he loved them. Well, maybe not the guy that he was boxing at the time, but that's the way I want my life to be. When people would think of me, they'd think, you know, that guy, he loves people, he loves me. Don't you want that? Jesus said that's the highest thing, to love God and to love people. Even ones that, that we think are unlovable. It's a paradigm of life. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So God's precepts. And then the fourth one is God's previous faithfulness. So let me just ask you this question. Has God ever helped you through a situation in your life? Just raise your hand. Okay? Look around, probably most of us would say, yeah, there have been times when God has helped me with a situation in my life. I put on the outline there, before move, moving forward, look back. God's previous faithfulness. It's interesting that when you, when you talk about uh, Joshua, you've got to go to Jericho and Joshua sent spies to Jericho to see what they were going to face. So these two spies went, interestingly, went into the house of a prostitute. Let's face it, probably the easiest, town, easiest house in town to get into. And uh, she hid them on the roof. And then she came up at night and she was talking to them and she said, you need to know something. 
we know that you're going to take this city. We've seen how God has been at work in your lives. We saw what God did at the Red Sea. We know how he's helped you all these years through the, through the wilderness. And we know people in this city are terrified of you. That's a pretty good report to bring back to Joshua. They're terrified of us. They've seen how God has worked on our behalf. The longer you walk with the Lord, the more things that you have to look back on and say, gosh, I remember when the Lord helped me with that. And right now you could probably just go back and you could probably think of several occasions. God helped me there. Yeah. Yeah, I was so terrified of that conversation. I was so terrified of that season of my life. God helped me there. It was amazing to me what he did. Maybe it was a relationship crisis. Maybe it was a financial crisis. Maybe it was a health crisis. One of my staff members at Faith Chapel walked up to me one day and didn't know how much I needed this, but she handed me a verse of scripture. I looked down and read it, and boy, I'll tell you, I needed that verse right then. Carried, it, carried this note card around my pocket for months. I'd get it out every once in a while, look at it, because I needed it so much. Memorize verses in the scriptures. All of us have verses that are of particular meaning to us at this season of our life, right? Right what you're facing. Memorize those. And then say those. Convince yourself. I want you to bow your heads. I don't care if you close your eyes or not, but just bow your heads. And, and I want to ask you again, what are you facing what are, you, what are you apprehensive about? What are you fearful about right now? When you think about that, you kind of get a knot in your stomach or something rises up in you. Would you hear me say to you today on behalf of the Lord, be strong and courageous. And like you said to Josh, I mean it. Didn't I say to you, be strong and courageous? Listen to me. And I want to say to you, God is with you. Wherever you are, he is. He's with you. And God is at work on your behalf for that thing that you're fearing. And then look back and just remind, remember one incident right now when he's helped you. Lord, I remember when you, when you fill in the blank. He helped you. And then ask yourself, does the Bible have anything to say about what you're facing? I'm sure it probably does. If you don't know where, then you can ask somebody who might know. So, Lord, today we're—I'm just so grateful. You didn't—you didn't promise us that we would be able to avoid conflict or avoid frightening things. In fact, you promised in this world you will have trouble, but you also promised us that you'd be with us in the midst of that trouble. Lord, help us remember the words of that song we sang this morning, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. You proved that when you came to this earth and died on the cross. So help us go against what we feel and help us remember what you said, the promises that you've made to us, that we can overcome in that relationship, we can overcome in that situation. Help us to be people of faith, Lord. 
There may be somebody here this morning who's never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and maybe you'd like for us to pray for you today as you receive Jesus. I'd like to ask you, if, if you if you never have committed your life to the Lord, would you, and you want to today, would you just lift your hand, hold it up, just leave it up until I can look right at you and acknowledge with you that today's the day that you're receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yeah, I see you. God bless you. God bless you. May you leave today full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. May you live to leave today knowing that you're forgiven. And every day when you get up, let's let when your feet hit the floor, just say, Lord, would you help me serve you today? And he will help you. Let's stand together and let's worship as we conclude. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my trust. Oh, Lord, my God, in you I put my hope. 